Hallelujah. Yeah, that was sure quiet. Come on, somebody. Are you happy in Jesus? Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, reconciliation a a little further. Uh, And uh, just my heart has been, Joel and I both, in our conversation, our heart has been to be reconciling people, to be a reconciling body, uh, to be those who are uh, thinking reconciliation, living reconciliation. And I want to expand the message today to just talk to all of our hearts and talk to us about everywhere we go and talk to us about how, how the need for reconciliation is, is inward. It's Godward. It's inward. It's outward. And, and how all of us really can feel, all of us can feel things within us that keep us aloof, separated, potentially prideful, judgmental, isolated, bitter, negative. Hello, somebody. Um, so I was, I've just been thinking, and I, part of this was just, you know, stirred up within me that, that as a church, as a people, we, all of us have to overcome rejection and and some of us have to overcome rejection every day. Some of us have to overcome rejection every hour. Some of us have to overcome rejection every moment. Yes? Am I in the wrong church? I didn't know I was preaching to perfect people this morning. My goodness sakes. So why am I bringing up rejection? And well, I'm, I'm really convinced that our that our inner view, our inner view, has a lot to do with this spirit of reconciliation that will flow out of us. And the spirit of reconciliation that will flow out of us really is not it 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 should have no discrimination. It should have no. There's no discriminatory. Are you with me? In other words, if we're reconciled to God and if we're fully, fully reconciled within, then, then what will naturally flow out of us, what will, what will dominate our thoughts will be this crazy love and honor and esteem for everybody around us. Even the most unlovely people. Should you run into me this week? I mean, it's just... Galatians 6 1. Uh, I'm, I'm tormenting the uh, projection team this week uh, because I, I had a sermon crisis right before the service. So, so uh, they will, we'll just, if we don't get all the scriptures up there just perfectly, then forgive us. But we'll try to mention these and then we'll try to get to them if we can uh, pull them up and log on. I want to read it to you, Galatians 6.1, if you have your Bibles. I'm thinking that reconciliation, that that behavior, that that activity, that that, that that 
that intentionality that it flows out of a restored heart and that restorers restore. We've heard the saying, hurt people hurt. Yes? Restored people restore. Reconciled people reconcile. Remember the word means to bring two together, two that have been isolated, two that have been separated, two that have been, that, that there's, some, there's been some kind of a divide, right? And so reconciliation, it's, it's to, to bring them together. Galatians 6.1, brother and sister in as well. New American Standard Bible, I use a lot of these older translations, forgive me. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. You who are spiritual. Here, here we could almost say, and, and there are, I believe there are spiritual barometers, we could almost say that a heart to restore people a heart to restore people to God's intent, the original intent, the Eden intent that God has for them, the heart to, to see them reconciled to God and reconciled to man, that that flows out of a mature spiritual heart. He's saying if you are spiritual, if there's something spiritual about you, then you will have this within you. This will, so we could almost say that, that, that there's a barometer There's a barometer that we can even look at ourselves with. We can gauge ourselves with a barometer that that if there are thoughts coming up that are judgmental, dishonoring, bitter, uh, spiteful, hateful, if there are thoughts coming up that are that are alienating us or judging others or rejecting others or even rejection within, self-rejection, self-hatred, self-disdain, and we are allowing those thoughts to, to, to grow some grass. We're allowing those thoughts to catch some rain. We're allowing those thoughts to, to hover. Then, then this scripture is telling us we need to keep growing in our spirituality. That, that we, we have got some growth. Come on, somebody. We have got some growth that is needed because he that is spiritual, he that replicates Father, he that has the heart of Jesus, will have a heart to restore. They will be restorers. They will be engaged, involved in the activity of restoring. Amen? Verse 2, bear one another's burdens. Bear, bear, bear. Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ, which is what? It's the law of love. The law of Christ is the law of love. Bear one another's burdens that you would fulfill the law of Christ. Now, I think as we we think about this, I think every one of us uh, uh, fight to a degree this battle of rejection or inferiority, self-disdain, self-hatred, regret, negativity. We deal with negative thoughts. Only you know how much you deal with it. Uh, if you're married, you might tell your spouse a little bit about what's going on. It, 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 you know, just there, you might let somebody in a little bit to some of what you deal with, but nobody other than the Holy Spirit knows exactly how deep it is with you. 
and how much you deal with it. And maybe you don't want anybody to know how deep it is with you or how much you deal with it. Maybe it's happening a little deeper than you want anyone to know. Can anybody relate to that one? Just, yeah. Just nudge your elbow and say, I'm glad he's talking about you. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. I thought the songs were interesting today. We're going to sing them again in a few minutes, but I thought the songs were interesting today because Jasmine and I didn't talk about worship coming in. And I'm listening to the songs this morning as I took Lily for a walk, and, and, I, and I'm listening to the songs for the morning, and I'm like, what in the world? These songs about hope, these songs about grace, these songs about the light of the gospel, this is God trying to talk to us. And then I look, I look and I see that this is... This is and I'm not going to say it well, but this is the month of Kis- Kislev. I'm, I'm not Hebrew. I'm struggling. K-I-S-L-E-V. It's the, it's the, the ninth month from Nisan. It is the month that on the Gentile calendar spans halfway from November to like toward the end of December. And so we've just entered this month on a new moon. You know, the Hebrew calendar operates out of the lunar system. And so we've just entered into this month. And, and it's the darkest month. It's where the days get shorter and shorter. Winter solstice occurs during the last week of this month. And, and it's interesting that this month is called the month of dreams. It's interesting that, that this month is not only called the month of dreams, but, but in the Torah portions, they're reading about Joseph. They're re- reading about who was named by his brothers the master dreamer. And this month, this month is all about that in the darkest night, in the darkest month, in the darkest period, the brightest light was sent the brightest light. It's a month of hope. It's a month of hope. Commentators think that this name, the name for this month, comes from the root word that means to trust or to hope out of Psalm 78.7. In the Scriptures, the root of the word comes up several times, including Psalm 78.7, where they placed their hope in God. In Job 31.24, did I place my hope in God. It's in God that I put my trust. Commentators would say that if Yeshua was born during Sukkah, that is tabernacles, then it's likely that he was conceived during this month, during winter solstice, that in the midst, I know you thought Christmas was December 25th, but just throwing this out at you. We have Gentile traditions, and we're probably celebrating on the darkest day, but somewhere around the darkest day when we're celebrating His birth, it was actually the day of His conception. On the darkest day, God sent His Word to become flesh. God sent His Word to become flesh that we might have a new image that we might receive a new you, that we might have, that we might have 
an update, that we might have the 2.0, that we might receive from God the image of one from above, now dwelling in us, resetting our image. I just think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool that that the songs talked about it today, that, that the Hebrew calendar talks about it today, that, that Jewish people across the earth are talking about it today. God's talking to your heart today. He doesn't want us dominated by rejection, by inferiority, by negativity, by a perspective that belonged to the old Adam, but it doesn't belong to the new. by the threats, by the circumstances, by the negativity, by the hatred. Hebrew commentators pick up out of Genesis 37. I want to go there with you this morning and talk about this a little bit, where Joseph believes the dream. I love that the Old Testament is filled with these guys who had massive contradiction. Massive confrontation. They had circumstances going wrong. But, but the message is that when God calls you, God fits you, God anoints you, God sets you apart in your generation, it doesn't matter what stands against you. If it's David and the very king stands against you, then God will still deliver you. This is the message that... That, and it's only us that can mess this up. We can mess this up. 1 Samuel chapter 9. Saul's lost something, and, and in the providence of God, he says, let's go down to Samuel. And So they go down to Samuel. Well, Samuel was prepped. He had a visitation from God that morning. God told him, when you see this young man come, this is the one I've chosen. Anoint him. So here, 1 Samuel 9, here comes Saul, and he comes into the presence of Samuel, and he's looking to find something, but what he found was an anointing. And Samuel begins to prophesy over him. And it's interesting that the notation that comes from him, the the word that comes, at the very end of that, Saul replies, with regard to the prophetic word over him, Am I not a Benjaminite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel and my family the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then do you speak to me this way? Don't you think that's in Scripture on purpose? Have you ever thought of yourself as small? Has you ever thought of yourself as the very smallest of the small? Saul's view of himself, God shows him on purpose because God wanted to show His grace on the smallest of the small. God's saying the same thing over you this morning. And I'm saying over you, the only thing that can mess this up is how you think how you receive, how you, how you process inwardly what God has done. 
That's the only thing that can mess this up. That's what Saul did to mess it up. Is Saul kept thinking, am I not the smallest? Am I not from the least tribe? Am I not? Am I not? He kept thinking. He kept meditating that. He kept allowing that to be a predominant part of his heart. He kept letting it grow grass. He kept letting it get watered. So in 1 Samuel 15, in 1 Samuel 15, he fails to follow the instruction of Samuel. He fails to do what God would have him to do. He fails to do what God showed him to do. Suddenly Samuel's radio goes off. Yes, Lord, I'm listening. I regret that I've chosen Saul. I regret that I've chosen Saul. I regret. I've chosen somebody brand new for this role in the earth, for this generation. Because Saul has not followed. Saul has not followed. Samuel goes and confronts him. This is what he says, verse 20 of chapter 15. You can read the whole chapter on your own. I pray that you would take some time with it. We're going to get back over to where I left you a minute ago. Verse 20. Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord and went on the mission which the Lord sent me. And I brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and I've utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people, the people took some of the spoil, the choicest things, devoted to destruction. Samuel said, Is the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And then verse 24, he says, you're right. You're right, I've sinned. Indeed, I transgressed the command, the leading, the voice of the Lord and of your words because I feared the people. Because I feared the people. You know what the fear of people is? The fear of people, the fear of people was, this was Saul letting us have an insight into his heart. We were seeing now, that what happened is that in this period that he continued to see himself as small, when God said, you are significant, when God said, you're special, when God said, I've called you, when God said, I've set you apart, when God said, I've got something great for you, when God said, you are amazing in your generation, when God said, with me, all things are possible, when God said, follow me fully and nothing will be held back from you, He continued to say inwardly. He continued to meditate this message. I'm small. I'm the smallest. You see, when we meditate that message, we must have the approval of others. We're constantly fishing for approval. We're constantly, the Bible calls it the fear of man, but it's really, it's really the need for approval. We've got to get our approval from an outside source when we've been reconciled to God and God has enabled us to be reconciled to self 
And in this reconciliation, there's no more rejection. There's no more inferiority. There's no more fear. There's no more worry about circumstances and what they're saying. And circumstances might be saying that you're a failure. They might be saying, they might be screaming at you. You see, negative circumstances are an open door for the enemy to tell you a different message than the one God already spoke over you. Negative circumstances. Negative circumstances. Where does your mind go? What do you allow? What grass grows? What water do you allow when negative circumstances, you're up against them, they're up against you? Will you be a dreamer of dreams? Will you hold on to dreams? Will you be a dreamer of dreams? I feared the people. The fear of man is always a snare. Genesis 37, I told you we were going there. A bunch of you marked your finger over there. You got, you've been waiting. Where is Genesis 37? Is he ever going to come back to that? Genesis 37. Joseph, when 17 years of old, pastoring the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilhah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was his son in his old age. And he made him a multicolored tunic. It was the robe of beauty, the robe of favor. It was the robe of blessing. It was the robe of significance. This Father is a picture of our Father, a picture of our Heavenly Father who has set us apart, marked us, covered us with the robe of Jesus, the robe of righteousness. His brothers saw that their Father loved him more than all of the brothers, so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Don't you know that's what's happening to some of the people around you? They can't speak to you on friendly terms. Because they've been notified in the spirit realm that you are wearing a coat, a multicolored coat of favor and blessing and joy and gladness. So why, when they speak evil of you, do you let that harm your heart? Do not let anything they say harm your heart. Do not let anything harm your heart. Don't even let it in a crack. You're in a spiritual war. The enemy wants your thoughts. If he gets your thoughts, he gets your actions. He gets your faith. He gets your heart. Proverbs 23, 7, As a man thinketh, so is he. So it will come to pass. It's coming up out of your heart. The enemy wants your heart. He wants your thought life. This is why Nehemiah was taunted, taunted, taunted. He was called to build. He was called to something great. He was called to a purpose in his generation. The enemy wanted to get his thoughts, and so they would stand outside, and they would hurl their accusations. They would hurl their insults. They would hurl their false words at him. Would he let them in? Will you let them in? Don't let them in. Don't let them in. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers they hated him even more, then he said to them, 
please listen to the dream that I had. And he tells them the crazy dream. And the brothers said to him, are you going to reign over us? Is this what this means? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. Now, some of you know what happened. This is Genesis 37. I'm not going to take the time with the whole text, but, but you know what happened. They, they were filled with jealousy that he had some special thing going on in his life. You have something special going on in your life. You have a heavenly Savior. You have a heavenly lover. You have a heavenly Redeemer who sings over your heart, who sings out of destiny, who sings out of purpose, who sings out of fulfillment, who sings out of blessing, who sings out of every rich thing that belongs to Him. He sings those songs of love over you to give those things to you. You are marked with something special. His very brothers hated him. The more they heard about it, the more they hated him. Maybe there's people around you that as you share wild dreams and cool things, maybe you're thinking that they'll get on board. Maybe you're thinking they'll get excited. But it seems like the more you talk about them, the more they curse you, the more they mock you, the more they resist you, the more they stand against you, the more they say, really? Who do you think you are? But God was in it, and God is in it with you. God is in it with you. And what we love about Joseph and why Joseph is such, he is such an icon of hope for us. He is such an icon of even the hope that the commentators would recognize in this Hebrew month is because he never let go of his dream. He never let go of his dream. But that dream for you, that dream for you is not just the dream of a purpose or an accomplishment, but it is the dream of the Father's approval of you. It is the dream of His promise over you, that He's marked you, that He empowers you, that He's called you, that you are amazing in your generation. You are amazing in your generation. Well, I don't know about that. I've looked looked at things, and I don't really believe I'm amazing in my generation. Exactly why you're not amazing in your generation. Doubt and unbelief will always be justified in circumstances. You'll always be able to look back at your circumstances and say, my doubt and unbelief was justified. Sure enough, I'm a worm. Sure enough, I'm small. I'm of the least tribe. Sure enough, look at what's happened in my life. Look at my circumstances. Doubt and unbelief will always be justified. But so will faith. Why don't you try believing? Why don't you just try believing? Try believing for a month. Try 30 days of no longer. I'm the smallest of the smallest tribe, but I'm great of the greatest tribe. I'm no longer of Benjamin. I'm of Judah. I'm of the greatest tribe. God has called me. God has anointed me. God has set me in the greatest tribe, and He's knit me to the greatest one, so I'm one with the greatest one. And if I'm one with the greatest one, then I'm the greatest one. 
Well, that sounds arrogant. No, because when I get with you, you're the greatest one too. Come on, give me some. You're the greatest one too. And all of us can be related to the greatest one. And all of us can thrive in Jesus because he carves out a destiny place for every one of us. So I'm not competing with you, the greatest one, or you, the greatest one, because he's carved out something special for you that is totally different than what he's carved out for me. And so we don't compete. We compliment. When you, the greatest one, do what you're supposed to do, and I, the greatest one, do what I'm supposed to do, then we start building something great for God. Oh, and that makes the enemy so nervous. He is right now quaking. He's wiggling in his knees and quaking in his boots and wetting his britches because he does not want you to know how great God declares that you are. This will come to pass as you believe. This will come to pass as you believe. This will come to pass as you believe. Why do we see Joseph having to fight his way through all of those years of contradictions? He's thrown into a pit. When you're thrown into a pit, is that time to disbelieve? He's sold into slavery. When you're sold into slavery, is that time to disbelieve? When you're working at McDonald's, is that the time to disbelieve? When you're washing cars, is that the time to disbelieve? When you file bankruptcy, is that the time to disbelieve? He's thrown into a pit. He's sold into slavery. It was never the time to disbelieve. It was always the time to stay believing. Take every thought captive to what the Lord declares over you. You're in a spiritual war. You're in a spiritual war from the top of your head to the bottom of your gut, all the way from that 12-inch connection from heart to mind to brain and every part in between. You are in a spiritual battle, and you have got to fight this battle every single moment. Every single moment. Every single moment. Take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. You know what I love? I love that if we've failed to take a thought captive, we can repent and get back into greatness. Anybody ever need to get back into greatness? Come on, you're royalty. You can repent and get back into royalty. You ever see somebody, they just carry themselves so royal? You've been shopping at Nordstrom lately? They just carry themselves so royal. When you see them, guess what I want you to say? That's me. That's me. That's me on the inside. That's me on the inside. Isn't that what the Word says? That now are we a royal priesthood. Now are we kings and priests unto our God. We serve as both. We are the chief entrepreneurs of the earth and the chief intercessory representatives of the Father to the earth. We are a nation of them. We are a nation of them. Come on, bump somebody. They're a king. And they're a priest. Bump somebody. Come on, just bump somebody. I know some of them are looking pretty queenly. But it means that you have a sphere 
of earthly dominion that cannot be taken from you unless you give it up. If you give it up, Saul gave it up. Do not give it up. It's on the inside of you. Don't give it up. I want the band to come back up this morning. As they're coming, and just I want our hearts just to continue to be prepared to just relate, respond, interact with the Holy Spirit. We're going to close the morning in worship. I'm going to close the morning with the front opened up for prayer. And I'm going to invite some of you to come and just pray on your own and others of you to pray with someone. So we'll have people up here. But I want us to pray, and I want us to leave this morning or close this morning allowing the Holy Spirit to wash our hearts with truth from above. Ephesians 5.22 He washes our hearts with the water of His Word. Let Him wash your heart with the water of the Word. What He says about you. Bring your thoughts. Bring your imaginations. Bring all reasoning into agreement with what He says about you. Every preacher is supposed to have points, and so I had a few. Number one, trust that Father has chosen you for something great. Don't look any longer at your circumstances. Don't even look at yourself. God's not looking on the outside. God looks on your heart. Trust that God's chosen you for greatness. Chosen you for greatness. Number two, lean into the calling of God with your thoughts. Rejection is a test. Offense is a test. Inferiority is a lie. Failure is a stepping stone to a a higher level of greatness. Never listen to the testimony of people or circumstances that contradict God's great plan for your life. Number three, follow the calling of greatness with risk and accomplishment. Follow the calling of greatness with risk and with accomplishment. Turn every circumstance into advancement. David with Goliath. Joseph with Potiphar. In other words, start acting like the word over your life is true. Start forcing yourself to act like the word over your life is true. Start forcing yourself to act like God cannot lie. If you're not pushing yourself forward into the place where your your gut gets a little nervous, come on. You had a nervous, you ever have a nervous gut? If you're not pushing yourself, working your faith, working your faith, act like it's not up to you to perform it, it's just up to you to step into it. Step out. Step in.
stand. Let's put our hands up just everywhere and just begin to pray right now. It's just a close listening to his song over us this morning. Got a little bit of time. Don't feel like you've got to run off. Stay and linger. You don't know what he's going to say to you. Maybe it's eight minutes from now. You're going to receive a download that's just going to change your life. I'm going to take a few minutes and just let him sing over us. Move out of your aisle if you need to or your row and get to an aisle. and Move out to the front. I want a few of the prayer team people here. Shake bitterness off. Shake jealousy off. Shake rejection off. Shake negativity off. We say the self-hatred, it has to go. We say the regret, it's finished. We shut the mouth of the accuser over the history. All this behind you. We shut the mouth of the accuser. Today's a brand new day, and your latter years will be much better than your former years. And not only that, there will be a doubling. And not only that, he will make up for all that was lost. Even if you're the one that was at fault, he still, he still will make up for all that was lost. That's his heart. That's his heart. That's his heart. That's his heart. Don't look to blame yourself. Look to say yes to him. Look to say yes to him. This is the moment to say yes. We're choosing reconciled to God, reconciled to self, reconciled within, restored within, receiving the mercy and the grace of God, loving ourselves.